Hi everyone, today is Monday, the 5th of October. I am Andrei Degeler and this is the second episode of the Proceed podcast. In case you miss it, every week this podcast will bring you a conversation with one of the past week's newsmakers. And today I am talking to Anna Spish, uh, former editor-in-chief of uh, the Bitspiration News. Hi, Anna, and thanks you, thank you very much for coming today. Hi, thank you for having me. So, uh, the, the news from the last week is that uh, Bitspiration News is no more. It's going to be closed and you are moving on. What was the, uh, what was the reason for uh, this uh, decision? Um, well, it was partly f- or mainly funding, I would say. Um, we were working um, on a contract while doing Bitspiration, also uh, writing um, articles for uh, PARP, uh, the Polish uh, website for innovation at webgov.pl. And that was a year contract and it ended and that was mainly our funding. I mean, we were um, co-funded also by the Bitspiration Festival but their priority is obviously the festival and the other events they do. So, um, so yeah, it just it ran its course. And I think we did a lot of great work while we had the opportunity to. And in the meantime, I mean, we were uh, active for almost two years. And in the meantime, when we started, it seemed like there was almost no news coming from Poland. And now there's more, I think. So in a sense, we also... Uh, filled that gap and now there's others filling it. Right. So basically the PARP decided uh, not to uh, not to go forward with the contract, not to prolong it? Well, it, it ended. It was always going to be for one year and uh, it ended and they're completely changing direction as well. I'm not quite sure uh, the details of that, but um, yeah, it just it was the end of the, the contract we had agreed on. Right, and uh, so what's going to be what's going to be next uh, for yourself? What are you doing next after uh, Inspiration News? Well, uh, I've got a few projects in the pipeline. Um, I was working on my own startup with a former colleague, but that's a, that's still not something we can announce. And um, yeah, going to continue um, being a freelance tech journalist. Is it also a media startup? Uh, sort of. It's uh, more content marketing. Okay, so and uh, now where should we go to get uh, English language tech news from Poland then? Well, um, first of all, your excellent newsletter <laughs> that covers the region. Um, but no, there's like there's more and more being covered by the mainstream um, tech news, such as uh, well, John Biggs, Adam at TechCrunch writes quite a lot about uh, Polish startups. Um, some other TechCrunch writers, NextWeb has covered Poland some. Um, there's TechEU, of course. And um, as far as events and, uh, and a database of companies, that's actually coming um, from uh, the Startup Poland Foundation. Uh, they, they plan to launch, I believe, in November, a whole database, kind of like a Crunchbase for Polish startups, accelerators, investors, and so on. So that'll be a very good source of information when it's published. And do you think that uh, uh, these uh, recent developments of uh, closing Bitspiration News and no uh, no other local places uh, that uh, write about Polish tech news in English language, does it actually mean that it doesn't make much sense to focus on a particular region in Eastern Europe? 
Well, not not necessarily. I mean, I think uh, what you're doing, focusing on, on the region as a whole, might be enough because, yeah, now some of the Polish startups started sh- starting to become more and more successful are being covered by uh, U.S. or U- U.S. or U.K.-based uh, news outlets. So, uh, in a sense, yes. I, I mean, it's definitely still worth doing reports on the region, uh, kind of looking at trends. But I think some a site like PARP, which is government uh, government funded, is far better suited for that than a private enterprise like ours was. Okay, understood. Uh, then let's just uh, move on to the second topic of today. You did uh, recently a uh, brilliant piece on uh, women in tech in Poland, which uh, took you how long to write up? Oh, thank you. Uh, good year. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was very interesting uh, to read, and um, uh, because of it mostly being. Uh, a set of interviews with uh, different uh, women from Polish tech. I wanted to ask, what is your uh, own take on uh, this question? What do you think is the situation with uh, women in technology business in Poland and CE in general? Um, well, I can't. I can't quite speak of CE in general because I'm based in Krakow, and that's and most of the people I've met have been in Krakow, Warsaw, and my own experiences here. But I can compare it to the states um, where I used to live and where I, I'd say most of the news stories on that topic I've read have come out of. And also my own friends that are in Silicon Valley that are women have told me uh, plenty of stories. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely different here. I'd say the um, you still have that overall uh, kind of what I call in the article like old school attitudes in society as a whole. That's that is slowly changing. Um, it's very generational, obviously. I think as it is in much of the world. But um, yeah, in and uh, so in Poland, it's I'd say it's less institutionalized, less. Um, Less this uh, kind of like old boys club you have in Silicon Valley, especially among investors. Uh, more so uh, just as society as a whole, you have these stereotypes that, you know, technology is for men. And, uh, but that's also quickly changing and not an attitude you really find in the younger generation. In my own experience, and definitely the women I've talked to, like they... They say they don't feel limited in any regard. They have uh, wide support from their male colleagues. Um, they don't seem, at least in the sense of uh, actual work, you know, working as a developer, working as a uh, web designer or something, they don't feel hindered at all. As far as in the investment side of things, that's harder to that's harder to judge, I'd say, just because Poland is still very early on that stage. And I think most of the problems that you read about in Silicon Valley come more from what happens when women founders or co-founders try to get investment get investments from uh, most investment firms who are let's face it, mostly old white guys. And uh, and what happens then? Um, the tendency to fund, you know, guys who look like Mark Zuckerberg and so on. Yeah, that, that that's definitely true. Uh, but again, uh, what you're saying is that's not not worse than it is in the U.S. in Poland, right? I'd say it's just different because it's a younger ecosystem in general. I mean, Silicon Valley has a 50-year 
plus history, whereas uh, Poland is just really getting started. So people just, there aren't as many uh, institutions set up, you know, there aren't companies that have been around for so long that these things have become institutionalized. It's more everything goes, including like, you know, people, doesn't matter if you're a man or, or a woman, if you can write good code, you can write good code. And I find that attitude more prevalent in, uh, in Poland or the region than in the States where a lot of people talk about, uh, or especially Silicon Valley, where people talk about cultural fit and they want to hire people who, I mean, they of course won't say they want to hire people who look like them, but, you know, they want to hire people who make them feel comfortable, who, you know, remind them of themselves. All right. So, and the second question I wanted to ask is, uh, what, again, is your own take on uh, uh, the question, uh, should, if we should support uh, uh, the initiatives that uh, are only focused on women in tech? Uh, doesn't it actually imply the gender inequality that uh, we are trying to eliminate? Well, yes, but so do the statistics. I mean, I think, yes, to an extent, as long as... The numbers right now are very uneven. And as long as that continues, yes, we should, especially at a younger age, encourage girls to code, support initiatives such as the Girls Code Fund, uh, which is run uh, by two women in Warsaw that specifically are doing classes for girls, uh, young girls, to get into uh, software development. Um, but also, I mean, I think they're also branching out in the kids, uh, kids Can Code and something like that. So... I mean, uh, it's important definitely to have programs that specifically encourage girls at a young age because all of the programs or most of the programs that are already out there that or the ways that kids learn to code in the future were definitely more encouraging to boys and historically. So, um, yeah, at a young age, until the statistics even out, yes, I think it is important to support girls learning the code. Most importantly, girls getting the confidence to keep going. Because so even if the the numbers, the gender equality is there at a very young age, uh, when they enter uh, their teenage years, a lot of girls lose confidence. And I mean, a, a lot of that is internal, not so much they're discouraged by others, more so they just lose confidence in themselves. It's a very difficult time, obviously. And, uh, and we need support systems, support groups, meetups, and things like that, that get them going, get them through those years, get them interested at the university level, you know, and just So we do end up with uh, more female engineers, more computer scientists, and so on as well. Mm -hmm. and, and how about encouraging girls to become tech journalists? I think actually on that front, I mean, uh, I'd say journalism has always been fairly even. I don't know. I've, I've met some pretty cool tech journalists here, so I don't know if there's a shortage, but uh, it's definitely a good option. Because I was, I was always a bit, uh, I don't know, offended by the fact that... Uh, Uh, saying about girls in tech or whoever else in tech mostly means uh, people who code. I mean, we, we are also kind of in tech, aren't we? Yes, I agree. I agree. But also, I'd, I'd say a lot of tech journalists I've met might not code for a living, but have always been interested in uh, technology, obviously, but also in uh, writing code and just the latest developments and so on. So I think that's kind of natural if you're in that environment. You either 
have a career in that environment or might have do something tech adjacent, let's say, like tech journalism. Right. Okay, Anna, that was pretty much it for from me for today. Uh, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you. That was it for today's Proceed podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Proceed underscore two, on SoundCloud or on iTunes. Any feedback is very much appreciated via any of those channels or just by email. Please feel free to ping me at andre at Proceed.2. Have a great week. I'll talk to you next Monday.